Hey, welcome to another edition of Grove Unleashed. It is I, State Representative Seth Grove. Great to join you. And as always, we're here with the Anders Toman. Hey, guys. How's it going? Um, you know, we got a great episode for you guys today. You know, it's not very often that we are joined by legal experts. I mean, I know you, Seth, are, uh, you could consider yourself an election law expert. I'm more a expert in bird law, if anything. But we have an amazing guest today, uh, Mr. Wally Zimalong. Yeah, Wally's a veteran trial lawyer with vast trial experience, having acted as a lead plaintiff or defense counsel for nearly 500 cases in federal and state court, private arbitration before government administrative law judges. He has tried numerous cases to verdict and boosts an undefeated jury trial record. That's impressive. Yeah, last year he acted as lead counsel to plaintiff in action, which declared no excuse mailing voting, Act 77 unconstitutional under the Pennsylvania Constitution. Wally, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Well, thanks so much for having me on, Seth. Yeah, so, you know, it's it's funny, Pennsylvania, uh, highly litigated state, right? So we, we've had a lot of cases in 2020. 2021 was a, maybe a little quieter on the litigation front, but some big cases nonetheless. And now in 2022, it is it's it's like piranhas feeding it's crazy how much litigation and i guess it's the importance of the election right um our pennsylvania u.s senate seat is going to determine the the majority control of the u.s senate it's crazy yeah i think it's a confluence of obviously the the importance of the 2022 election not only for pennsylvania but nationally and the absolute mess that our former Secretary of State created in 2020, Mm -hmm. where she took it upon herself to rewrite the election rules in Pennsylvania. And, uh, you know, we're still picking up the pieces with that. Uh, when When you have unelected bureaucrats attempt to write laws in contradiction of the laws that the legislature passed, it's no surprise that lawyers are gonna come in to fill the vacuum to ask the court to clarify these contradictions and uh, to mend gaps between directives by these officials, executive branch officials, and what the election code says. And it's, it's, as a legislator, it's beyond frustrating to see, you know, you, you have a constitutional process to create law, and by the stroke of a pen, because some partisan groups don't like or didn't get what they wanted, run to the courts and by a stroke of the pen years of work get eviscerated and usually and even what i'm seeing from um judges is non-clarity in what they're doing as well you know so recent ruling so we kind of have two two big cases right now um you had the um supreme court kind of sign off because it was a tie vote on curing a ballot right so you had a, a Commonwealth Court judge say you can go do curing of ballots, which isn't in the election law. Um, and the big question people have is how far does that, what's the process? How far does that extend? Because there's no statute and the courts don't, I mean, to, to an extent they said y- you can do it, but to what extent can you or can't you do it? And it's very frustrating to see that. I don't know if you, you have a comment on kind of that process, because I, kn- I know you were, you were involved in, in some of these yeah. cases. Obviously, mail voting in Pennsylvania in Act 77 has received a hefty amount of criticism. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's the case that I brought before the Commonwealth Court, got declared unconstitutional, ultimately to have that overturned by the Pennsylvania Supreme Court several months later. 
Well, what I tell folks is one thing everyone has to remember is that the way mail voting is occurring in Pennsylvania and how it's been implemented is in contradiction to what the election code says. So the mail voting law that was passed by the legislature and signed into law by the governor is actually different than what's occurring in Pennsylvania. For example, Seth, you brought up the curing of mail ballots. There's nowhere in the statute that says you can cure mail ballots or undated mail ballots. There's also, I mean, more egregious examples that, that you don't need to match a signature. That, mm-hmm. I think that's clearly in the statute that the intent of the, of the legislature was that signatures would match, but courts decided that it doesn't matter. Take drop boxes, for example. Mm-hmm. There's nothing in the election code that permits ballot drop boxes to receive mail ballots, but courts have taken it upon themselves at the request, by the way, at the request of uh, the secretary of state to rewrite the election law. I think it's a real problem. I think it it goes to the fundamental separation of powers. It goes to the way government is supposed to work. The legislature passes the law, the governor signs the law, and then the courts interpret the law. The courts don't rewrite the laws. Uh, And I think far too often that's what we're seeing as it relates to the election code is where the executive branch is rewriting the election laws or where they can't do it, they'll ask the courts to do it for them. Right. And it's I, I, I go back and, and I look at, at the makeup of the Supreme Court, right? A lot of problems with that. And these are elected people. We elect our judges in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. The citizens have a direct say who the complete governance structure it is, right? Legislative branch is elected. Governor is elected. Um, appellate judiciary, common pleas, judiciary completely is, is elected. These are all elected individuals. 2015, we had three Democrat judges elected, giving Democrats a majority of the Pennsylvania Supreme Court. And ever since then, it's been highly partisan, making rulings on behalf of the Democratic, literally the Democratic Party B. Vukbar, right, 2020, making rulings on behalf of the Democratic Party um, and changing the entire structure of how elections are run. Now we're down a judge, so... Looking at that ballot curing case, Supreme Court came back tied. Three judges, two Democrats, one Republican, wanted to reverse the decision. Three Democrat justices wanted to affirm. Tie vote, appellate court stands. And that, that's what we're seeing. And it's, it's, it's very frustrating. And I th- it's very frustrating for citizens, extremely frustrating for election officials. I mean, right now, counties are struggling with how do we handle undated ballots? And I'll let you get into kind of the background of this. Um, you've been very, you've been directly involved uh, in these undated ballot cases from Lehigh and so forth. So can, can you give us a background and what's happening with undated ballots? And, and how, how do you think counties should be handling this moving forward? The background of the undated ballots is actually interesting. It, it actually goes back to 2021 and uh, one of the judicial elections uh, for the Court of Common Pleas in Lehigh County. And there was an issue in that case as to whether um, undated ballots should be counted. Uh, And litigation ensued. Uh, And and in fact, these undated ballots were going to decide that judicial race. Uh, If the undated ballots were counted, the Democratic candidate would win the uh, judicial election for Court of Common Pleas in Lehigh County. If the undated ballots were not counted, the Republican candidate would win. And uh, as you can imagine, uh, litigation ensued. 
The trial court, Court of Common Pleas, first ruled that the undated ballots should be counted. That was appealed to our Commonwealth Court. And our Commonwealth Court ruled that the undated ballots should not be counted because that the election code clearly says that a voter who is going to utilize a mail ballot has to date their ballot. And with that ruling, the, the Republican candidate was declared the winner. The uh, Democratic candidate petitioned the Pennsylvania Supreme Court to hear an appeal. Now, what you need to understand is you do not have an automatic right to appeal to the Pennsylvania Supreme Court for a case that starts in, in, in the trial court, in the court of common pleas. You have to get permission. The Pennsylvania Supreme Court declined to hear that case, and that let the, the Commonwealth Court decision stand. Everybody thought that was the end of the matter, but not so fast. The ACLU found the voters whose undated mail ballots were not going to be counted, and they filed a lawsuit in federal court uh, in the Eastern District of Pennsylvania. I believe it was the either the Allentown or the Easton Courthouse, and argued that the Federal Civil Rights Act of 1964 required those mailed ballots to be counted. The district court, actually, I believe it was a uh, Obama appointee, denied that, uh, th- th- their case, rejected their argument, and again, we all thought that this was over. The case was appealed to the Third Circuit Court of Appeals. The Third Circuit Court of Appeals overturns the district court. Now, keep in mind, just by a framework here, at this point, we're almost a year after this election and declares that, yes, the undated mail ballots under federal law must be counted. Okay. And and timing of this. Yeah, timing of this is when counties were counting, right? We are well past and well over the 2021 uh, municipal elections and the judicial elections when the Third Circuit Court of Appeals weighs in and says that you need to count these very small portion of undated mail ballots in a Lehigh County judicial election and thereby declaring the Democratic candidate the winner. Okay, so we're well past it. We're well past the general. Uh, municipal elections in Pennsylvania in 2021. So well past it that we're now in the counting 2022 primary votes. And what's happening at the same time that the Third Circuit issues its decision? We have a recount going on for our uh, Republican candidate to the United States Senate. So all of a sudden we have this issue that's dropped on us from the Third Circuit I, you know, I don't know if it was coincidental or not, that you know, caused chaos. One of the, the senatorial candidates sued because the votes, voting was so close between our two Republican candidates, sued in Commonwealth Court and said, listen, all given the Third Circuit decision, all of these undated mail ballots in my race should be counted. And the Commonwealth Court agreed, essentially saying, Listen, I think we're. I, I think that we need to follow federal law. The Third Circuit has interpreted it, although they're not bound by that, and agreed and said in that case we should that that all undated ballots throughout the Commonwealth in this Republican 
senatorial primary should be counted. Okay. Now, upon counting those undated ballots, it did not change the outcome of the election. Dr. Oz ended up going on to be successful. He's our candidate now. The final act in this play, Seth, is that the Pennsylvania, I'm sorry, the United States Supreme Court weighs in and says, listen, the ballots have been counted. The case is now moot. They vacate the Third Circuit decision, so it has no binding precedent on anybody because the, the election has been declared over and the Democratic candidate or judge in Lehigh County has been seated as a judge. So now, okay, we're back to sort of square one. Now, what happens? The past is prologue. Our Secretary of State, our acting Secretary of State, who hasn't even been approved by the General Assembly, takes it upon herself, just like her predecessor, and declares that we're going to rewrite the election code. She declares that all undated ballots in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, regardless of what the election code says, have to be counted. The Republicans have sued. I actually authored an amicus brief uh, on behalf of, of a client in that case that's pending before the Pennsylvania Supreme Court as to whether or not, once and for all, undated mail ballots should be counted. Clearly, the election code says they should not. And this notion that the Civil Rights Act requires them to be counted is absurd. The Civil Rights Act says that you can't use some sort of pretext to deny black voters and, and voters of colors the right to vote, color the right to vote. It, 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 the undated, the dating of the mail ballot provision was not passed by the General Assembly to disenfranchise black voters. And it hasn't been used that way. So the notion is absurd that there's some racial motivation behind this. In fact, that was the argument that, that I, uh, I put forward in my amicus brief is that, well, well, wait a minute here. We need to step back and understand that this materiality issue and this uh, federal law that they say mandates counting of undated mail ballots is based in a 1964 Civil Rights Act that wanted to remedy racial discrimination in voting, uh, particularly in Jim Crow states, not even in Pennsylvania, mm -hmm. where state officials were using, well, you put your wrong birth date down or you spelled your name wrong or some, some minor discrepancy on a, on, a, on a black voter's application to register to, to deny that individual the right to vote. That's not what's being done here. And in fact, the Secretary of State never even argues that, nor could she, and nobody has any evidence that that was either the intent of the General Assembly, and we all know that wasn't, the intent of the General Assembly, or that state officials in Pennsylvania have been using un the undated mail ballot rule to disenfranchise black voters or other minority voters. So it's, 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 it's absolutely crazy that we're here, but it's, it's just another issue and another, uh, another time that you know an unelected bureaucrat, in this case our Secretary of State, decides by fiat to try to rewrite the law, and then people complain that there's so much litigation involving these elections, and that, and in this case, they're complaining that the Republicans are the ones to blame for all this election litigation when what what it was caused by was was uh, was a Democratic official to decide that that just wanted to be lawless. And I find it also interesting that the groups and left the groups like to blame 
Republicans for, for right for misinformation on elections and and making voters confused. All of this is stemming from the quote head of elections for Pennsylvania doing whatever they want whenever they want regardless of the law. They are creating this chaos. They are creating chaos for county election administrators because they know what the law they, they they see all the laws right they see these court cases they know um the commonwealth court and the pennsylvania supreme court reaffirmed absentee ballot or not um, not counting undated ballots in previous lawsuits they know that the supreme court throughout that third circuit uh which which the justice jubileer predicated or, or used to to come up with her order um earlier in 2022 for counties to count um, undated ballots. They know that's gone. Um, so I always laugh when I hear, oh, the Republicans are misinformation. Nobody has created more chaos and uncertainty and misinformation in our elections than Democrat elected officials and appointed officials and all of their special outside interest groups who repeatedly want to dictate election policy through the courts. The irony here is so rich, Seth. Mm -hmm. The left always complains that, you know, democracy is at stake in these elections and that Republicans want to undo democracy. And they fail to acknowledge the plainly obvious, which is an unelected Democrat operative, an ideologue, someone that, that acted, was an activist before she came to office, single-handedly and by fiat has rewritten election law and make, made declarations as to what other elected officials, ele all of these boards of election, or, or most of them are elected, I think only a handful of them are appointed, mm -hmm. elected officials should do, and how they should interpret the law, how they should administer the election code, and they have the gall to claim that we're anti-democracy, we're somehow trying to undermine the will of the people. I find that shocking that anybody would be okay with it. And she does this knowing that she is going to get the backing of every Democratic special interest, that every Democratic law firm, Mark Elias et al., is going to come in to back her up. And our Attorney General, who's now seeking the governor's office, is complicit in all of this. Mm -hmm. It's his office that stands right next to her. That almost strikes me as a conflict, in a way. I mean, this, this individual is running for governor of Pennsylvania. Votes are being cast that will decide his election. And he is supporting the unilateral rewriting of our election code by another Democratic official. Could you, could you imagine, Seth, if the shoe was on the other foot? Oh, my gosh. It would could you be... imagine if there was a Republican Ugh. attorney general running for governor and a Republican secretary of state who just starts rewriting the election laws in the midst of his election for governor. I mean, the, the Justice Department would come into Pennsylvania and probably shut our elections down, saying somehow that this, this was unlawful. But we, nobody seems to, in the mainstream media, and, and, and nobody seems to have any issue with this. Right. And that is very, very troubling to me. Very, very troubling. But you gotta look at this objectively. And how, and how you could not take that same factual circumstance and apply it to Republicans, nobody could credibly say that you would allow this same behavior if it was done by a Republican Secretary of State 
and a Republican attorney general who is also running for governor, at the same time while he's running for governor, stands by and defends that official's actions in court. I mean, there would be impeachment. It would be wild. It would be wild. And I just find it very troubling uh, at, at many levels that, that we're allowing this to happen. Right. And, and I, I, I find it very interesting, too. I was talking to a newspaper reporter uh, who's very worried if, you know, Doug Mastriano becomes governor, what kind of secretary of state, and will that secretary of state destroy democracy? And, and I, I, I made the comment, I'm like, so let's discuss the current state of affairs. The United States Supreme Court voided a law, and our acting secretary ignored it. Now, I, like the last major incident of the executive branch of a state government ignoring the U.S. Supreme Court that I recall, and maybe it's happened since then, was Governor Wallace not allowing African Americans to enter Alabama University. That's what we're talking. We're talking decades ago when the executive branch thumbed their nose at the United States Supreme Court over racial issues. And by the way, there was a Democrat governor that did that. That's what we're talking. It's 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 unfathomable. And, and it, it bothers me that the Democrats will say, oh, we have to abide by these these court cases until they don't like the court case. And then it's, well, that really doesn't mean anything. We're still going to do the policies we want to change the outcome of these elections to make it advantage us. Um, and, and I think that's the problem with people having. They don't see it because they don't care because they're out to win. They're not out to have a level playing field and allow voters to decide the election. They always want to game the system. And part of that gaming of the system are drop boxes. We talked about it a little earlier. I've talked about it on this podcast many, many times. Um, and we've got some wins, and you have actually led the charge uh, in two separate uh, legal actions, one in Lehigh, um, one in Chester County on these drop boxes. And you said it yourself, if you do a search for ballot drop boxes in the election code, you will not find anything because they do not exist. This was done by Fiat, Executive Fiat, the administration, uh, Secretary, a former disgraced uh, Secretary of State, Bookvar, put out guidance and uh, went to the Supreme Court and the Pennsylvania Supreme Court. Uh, controlled by Democrats, uh, approved this method of voting, um, and you got some wins. And this has led, we have proof from Lehigh County, we have videos from Chester uh, that prove without a reasonable doubt that the media still continues to ignore that ballot drop boxes are used for illegal voting. Illegal voting. I'm not talking fraud, I'm talking illegal voting. People are handing more than one ballot in, any more than one election law is clear you set aside you can't do that you know i can't go to my voting precinct in person my wife's not there yet say hey i'm just gonna vote for my wife and make it easy you're not allowed to do that in person you're not allowed to do that with your ballot governor wolf and his wife found out about it uh because they illegally did it and admitted it was illegal so where are we with this and uh give, give us some good news yeah so by way of background Except in a very limited circumstance where, where an individual is disabled and, and certifies that they're disabled and signs a, a form that, that, that the Secretary of State many years ago put out, not our current Secretary of State, but it was many, many years ago put out. Third parties' delivery of ballots is illegal. And what the Supreme Court said 
in 20, uh, Pennsylvania Supreme Court said in uh, 2004 is third-party delivery of ballots is not only expressly prohibited under the election code, those third-party delivered ballots are invalid and should not be counted. And there's a public policy reason behind that. If you allow third-party delivery of ballots, you, you allow people to go to a third, you know, to, to the voter themselves and pressure them to vote in a certain way. You open the door to harvesting. People say, well, it's just one or two ballots. Well, if you're allowing one or two ballots, what's to stop you from delivering 5, 10, 15, 50, or 500 ballots? You know, just going around. And that's not a hypothetical. This, this, is, this is one of the inherent problems with mail voting, one of the inherent problems of absentee voting. We've seen this. There's actually been elections overturned, not in Pennsylvania, but in some other, uh, some other parts of the country, uh, where there have been massive ballot harvesting schemes. The most recent one was in 2018, down in the ninth District of North Carolina, a congressional race. Court declared a new, ele- a new election because somebody was going around pressuring people to fill out their absentee and mail votes and then delivering them to, uh, to the, the, the Board of Elections. So just as recently as I believe it was 2018, the ninth District, the United States Congress, a federal court declared a new election because that was occurring. So we have had long had the rule in Pennsylvania that we don't want that to happen. And I don't think anybody would agree that that's a good idea where we're going to allow ballot harvesting. Maybe some people, and I think we can guess who, might agree that ballot harvesting is a good idea. But I think by and large, most Pennsylvanians do not agree with that as a matter of public policy. So what we found was hard evidence that both in Lehigh County and in Chester County, that there was third party delivery of ballots going on two, three, four, five, deli- five ballots being delivered by voters, all of which are, all of which is illegal, all of which is, uh, uh, all those votes are valid, they never should have been counted. And in fact, I think Chester County is the most interesting one. We had, uh, through, the, through the hard work of just an interested citizen, surveillance footage provided by the county from a county surveillance camera on this one mailed box there were over 300 individuals that had delivered more than one ballot. Now, to put that in context, now this was in the May, just this past primary, May 2022 primary. To put that in context for your listeners, Seth, the United States Senate race, the Republican primary Senate race, was decided by less than 900 votes. So at one drop box in one of the 67 counties in Pennsylvania, there were at least 300 invalid and void ballots that were deposited into that drop box and then counted. You know, so it's really outrageous, some of the stuff that's been happening with the drop box. We sued in Chester County, we also sued in Lehigh County. We sued in Chester County and had a, a actually tremendous result. We were able to garner what we believe are the strictest drop box rules in the entire Commonwealth. For those counties that use drop boxes, because of our litigation, because of what you know, hardworking citizens revealed on this surveillance from, from reviewing this uh, days and days and days of surveillance footage, all of the drop boxes will be monitored. There are strict instructions that are being given to individual voters that they should not uh, count or they should not deliver somebody's uh, ballot, that it's uh, not going to be counted, it's going to be rejected. The county has agreed that if somebody comes up and uh, doesn't follow the instructions that that vote should be placed in a separate bag and, and it'll be segregated 
uh, and told the plan of the canvassing. And I think perhaps most importantly, every, at least according to the county, every individual that was uh, videotaped delivering more than one ballot and the individual that was videotaped completing multiple ballots has been referred to the Chester County District Attorney's Office for potential prosecution. Now we hope, and we think ultimately, the way that the message gets sent is that there is some sort of action by the District Attorney's Office to say, these people violated the law. Uh, it is a violation of the law. It's a, vi it's a violation of the, uh, uh, it's a misdemeanor in Pennsylvania and it's punishable. Uh, and I think that that's the only way we're gonna get to the situation where you don't actually have outright ballot harvesting. I mean, and I think it's, a, it's, it's without question, the individual that completed multiple ballots, that person, uh, a person absolutely needs to uh, face repercussions for, for that action. I can understand somebody that maybe innocently did it, doesn't, you know, ignorance of the law is no excuse, but I understand as we, we get up, maybe uh, not so draconian uh, for somebody that, that, that in the May 2022 primary uh, didn't understand that, that, that precise rule. But completing, one, completing other ballots is a whole other question. Right. So and a tremendous success in Chester County. Um, Lehigh County, we filed a similar suit. We didn't have, uh, unfortunately, uh, the same outcome. Um, we, uh, we ended up uh, having our, our request for monitors at those drop boxes denied. Um, and we've appealed that to the Commonwealth Court. That appeal is going forward. We're hoping to have a decision in our favor that would impact the uh, upcoming election. But, you know, this, this just goes to show that when you don't have, the, you don't let the legislative branch do its job and you don't honor what the legislative branch has done, this is the results you get. We have sort of a hodgepodge of rules regarding drop boxes in the Commonwealth. Some counties use them, other counties don't use them. The rules in Chester County are different than the rules in Lehigh County. and. The rules in Philadelphia County are different than the rules in Allegheny County. That's not a way to administer an election. It's also not a way that engenders a lot of faith in the outcome of the election. I think one of the things that we all can agree on is that at the end of the day, Pennsylvanians need to, ex to, to have faith to accept the results of the election. And you know, there's all this consternation. Well, there's people that aren't going to accept the results, and there's election deniers and all this. Nobody steps back and, and, and tries to understand what the fundamental root of that is. My feeling is the fundamental root of that is you have created a scheme. These unelected bureaucrats in the Secretary of State's office have created a scheme where nobody can trust the result. So you, it, it, the easy remedy for that is let's have uniform rules. Let's follow the law that the General Assembly has passed so that we have an election that's fair and equal, which is what the Pennsylvania Constitution requires, fair and equal elections. So have equal rules where people can trust the outcome, win or lose. Right, and the what I found most interesting between these two cases is Chester County evidence came from citizens reviewing um, a county Dropbox camera. Lehigh County, the evidence was the district attorney and his detectives reviewing the county video footage and coming to the same conclusion. 
Um, and I found the, the judges, um, I know the Lehigh County was a Republican judge. I don't know the party persuasion of the Chester County judge, but that judge in his ruling literally said him and his wife went out to vote. They, they witnessed people illegally voting by dropping more than one ballot. He said it himself, knowing that that was illegal and it needed to stop. I found that very interesting that a judge would reject the evidence of the district attorney um, and his detectives um, going through that. By the way, I, I think the, the Lehigh County um, DA also put um, plainclothes detectives out at drop boxes and magically they witnessed zero people handing in more than one ballot. So monitors work both ways, right? They stop the illegal practice but they can also help voters vote. So we're, we're, we, we discussed curing of ballots and we discussed undated ballots and stuff. So if you have somebody working there, they can review what that voter did to make sure there isn't any issues to begin with, right? I mean, if you have an election worker there, they can say, hey, you, you, you need to sign here, you need to date. Do you have your inner L, right? Before they vote. Um, you don't need to worry about a quote curing process back at the county level. You have it done there. So you get both helping voters vote and protecting the sanctity of the vote simultaneously. I don't know why the, that common sense process isn't done in every county. Yeah, Seth, we, we, you know, we were obviously disappointed with the decision in Lehigh. That's why telecourse uh, exists, and that's why we took the appeal. But I just I didn't understand why the county itself, especially because you guys gave each county one point two million dollars, or at least Lehigh acknowledged they got one point two million dollars from from you guys from to do just this right. to, to 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 make sure that the mail voting is administered efficiently and in a process that everybody can trust. And I don't, for the life of me, know why. The Lehigh County Board of Elections didn't take a portion of that $1.2 million, hired a couple monitors to go out there to make sure the rules were being followed. The argument I've always made is you do it on Election Day. You hire hundreds of people to help you administer the election, to make sure everything runs smoothly. You have people that you pay to check you in at the polling place. You have people to show you how to operate the, 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 the voting booth all number of things. They're not there to intimidate. They're not there to interfere. They're there to make sure the process gets done and to avoid chaos. That, we made that argument. We just think it's so apparent and common sense. Mm -hmm. It's a common sense solution. Just put monitors out there. No one's saying they have to interfere. They're there to educate. They're there just like the people are there on election day to make sure things run smoothly. And frankly, they're there to give Pennsylvanians confidence in the outcome of the election. Listen, we have these drop boxes, you can to disagree with them. We had monitors there. They were there to make sure there wasn't any tomfoolery going on at the drop boxes. I think everybody should want that. I, I, the fact that this, these county boards would reject such a concept, it, 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 it is concerning on one hand and dumbfounding on the other just for the fact that do you think what you're doing is giving folks in Pennsylvania more confidence in the outcome election or the election or less confidence? The answer is clear. It's going to give people more confidence. And frankly, you know, it was an argument we made both to the, to the, to the trial court. We said, listen, 
if we put a, if we put a few folks out there, it's it's going to greatly decrease the risk of post-election chaos. There's a close race in Lehigh County. Frankly, if there's a close statewide race, and there's evidence that there are third-party delivery ballots into the Lehigh County drop boxes, something that monitors could have prevented, it's going to be chaotic. There's going to be all sorts of litigation, and we're going to look back at this moment and say this was a missed opportunity. So I don't know why. I, I, I don't know why. I don't know if it's just stubbornness or obstinance or, or laziness by a, a boards of election. Just put people at the drop boxes. You do it on election day, do it at the drop boxes, and uh, if we're going to use them. Now, keep in mind, I always remind people, drop boxes aren't mandated. Correct. It's something I keep reminding the courts. The, co- the, the counties are not required to do drop boxes. But, it, but if you, I also think it makes sense that if you choose your county chooses to use drop boxes, just like anything else in life, you got to be responsible. And it doesn't mean the election code goes out the door. And for some reason, people have treated these drop boxes from day one differently. We treat them differently in Pennsylvania, differently than any other form of uh, voting. And what I mean by that is, and this is something that we were, we were able to get actually in testimony, an admission from the Lehigh County Executive Director, an admission under oath. Everybody knows if you show up on the day of uh, Election Day, you go to your local precinct and, and you refuse to sign the book or, you know, your name isn't in the book or there's some irregularity. Right. Or, fr- frankly, they find out you've already voted by mail. Right. On Election Day, they give you a provisional ballot. They don't let you go into the voting place. The reason that happens, they don't put a sign out. Take one ballot honor system. Only vote for yourself. If you already voted before. Don't put one in the voting machine or the ballot box. Now they have somebody there, you know, men and women are there to, to make sure that doesn't happen, right? If you go and you have a mail ballot, you have an absentee ballot, you can actually return that to your county board of election. If you return that to your county board of election and there's some problem with it, or if you come in and you have two, three, four, five, six ballots with you, those hardworking folks are gonna say, listen, you can't do that. The people to whose ballots belong to, they have to come back and deliver themselves. Nobody, nobody questions that. But for drop boxes, nobody wants to put those same procedures in place. They want to treat them completely differently. And I, for the life of me, can't figure out why you would do that. Why would you treat the drop boxes special? Why would you administer drop boxes in a manner that's different than the, every other way that you administer voting in your county? But there's some counties that are doing it, and it's, it's very unfortunate and very concerning. Yeah, we'll have to leave it there. Unfortunately, we are out of time. This has been a great, thorough discussion of uh, where we're kind of at with uh, the litigation in Pennsylvania's election. I suspect there will be more coming up. And we know we have great people like Wally Zimmelog fighting on behalf of uh, citizens across this state uh, to make sure we have fair uh, elections administered by the law. And I can't thank you enough, Wally, for taking up these uh, these cases and everything you've done uh, to bring some some fairness and some sanity into a very insane election process. Woo-hoo!